Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. We won't top us out. Top, top, top us out. Top us out. She won't. 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 Now, I don't mean to sound rude, baby. You're hurting, but I want an independent woman and she works with something. I want a slim fine woman. All right. Welcome back. Chris Gordy Show. Sports 1280 New Orleans. Happy to have you guys with us. Hoping to catch up here with uh, John Hendricks from Canal Street Chronicles and Forbes Sports and been covering the Saints for a while. He has, uh, he's been all over covering what the Saints have been doing here for the past uh, week plus. A lot of moving and shaking going on with the roster and I think some smart spending. You know, this is... I, Saints, look, let's be real, didn't hit on all their free agent signings last offseason, but I thought they were pretty smart about it. They you know, they were in contention for Muhammad Wilkerson and Jimmy Graham, but they didn't over, you know, overpay for those guys, so they didn't get them, but I thought it was smart. You know, they got DeMario Davis at a good price, and, and he turned out well. Uh, you know, Patrick Robinson, jury's still out. He ended up getting hurt, can't do anything about that, but we'll see what he looks like. When he gets back out there this season, uh, Cameron Meredith did not work out um, so far. We'll see. He's still under contract. They haven't moved on from him yet, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens with him. And then, uh, of course, the safety they brought over from Carolina, from Carolina, Kurt Coleman, did not work out. So that one was a bust. But again, you know, so far so good. I think on the, the spending, the Nick Easton, maybe they paid him a little bit more, but again, you were kind of in a desperate mode where you needed to get a guy that could come in and be a starting center for you. So I'll roll with that. Malcolm Brown, really good signing and, and good money wise as well. Uh, Mario Edwards, same thing guy with good upside, good potential could play, you know, the outside, the inside and, you know, uh, look, Alex Okafor, Ended up getting good money from Kansas City. So you, you you say good luck to him. But again, I thought really good spending by the Saints so far. Nothing that's nothing that's gonna cripple you. And uh that's been the big positive, I think, if you're a Saints fan so far. All right, let's get our buddy uh, John Hendricks in here, Canal Street Chronicles.com, uh contributor for Forbes Sports and much more. John, what's going on, man? Happy uh Tuesday to you. Hey man, happy Tuesday to you. It's uh Nice and nice and cool out here in New Orleans. So it's so good. Yeah, I I was just in London for a week, and I was oh, still keep. I mean, I was still on Twitter every day, keeping up with everything from the Latavius Murray signing to uh, Mario Edwards and Malcolm Brown. I mean, it's been a fun. It's been fun to see the Saints active in free agency, but giving out some smart deals, right? I mean, it's this is the second straight off season where we've seen the Saints active in free agency, but not overspending, and I think that's a good sign. Yeah, no, I would agree. You know, that's the thing. I think we look past the past few free agencies. You know, it's, it's not the sexy signing. It's just not the flash guys, the number one guys, like when they take down Darius Bird and those guys. I mean, it's about the fit. It's about the right signings. You know, um, I, I think 
what they've done is 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 good. You know, in peeling back the layers of the Latavius Murray deal versus Ingram, I, I kind of leaning more to you know, hey, maybe Ingram just really wanted that chance to to play more or have a featured role, and cause he ended up getting less guaranteed money from the Ravens than he did from the, the Saints. So, or than uh, Murray did, you know, from Saints. So it's just. One of those things that you look at the big piece of the puzzle, and that's just kind of how free agency rolls. Is that you know you're going to have a lot of interest, and in when you win, and when you have a good culture, and everybody's up to that, it helps attract some people. What's your takeaway on that? Because I mean, again, the vibe I got from from reading the details was it just sounds like Ingram's rep overplayed his hand and said, "Look, we're going to hold out for more money." The Saints said, "Hey, look, we got to make a move. If we're going to lose, if we if we're going to potentially lose Ingram, who's our next best guy we want?" And they said, "Latavius Murray. Hey, we can get him at a cheap deal. Hey, other teams are calling about Murray. We got to make a move now." And I think they had to pull the trigger when they did. And I think Ingram's reps kind of stood there, going, "Well, we thought we were playing hardball with the Saints, and now they're moving on. And the big money, six, seven million dollar deal, you know, year deals aren't out there to be had. Is that?" accurate you think that maybe this is more on ingram's reps than anybody yeah i think so i mean you know coming into it and this is no disrespect intended to ingram and everything but you know, i think his camp and, and where he was stood in his value was probably around the four to five million dollar range maybe six on the top but you know if you said hey he needs seven eight million dollars a year i think that's absolutely ludicrous because you had competition on the open market you had Le'Veon Bell, you had latavius murray you had guys like Spencer Ware that could potentially do a, a higher role, or Kevin Coleman. I mean, you had a plenty of competition there for running back. So, you know, I, I think it's it's a shame. It's unfortunate that it has to end up that way. And you know, for a guy like Ingram, it's, it's probably the last real big contract to get. So it's, you know, you hate to see somebody like that, especially when he could have came back to New Orleans, became the franchise's all-time leading rusher. I mean, he didn't need but a handful of yards and, Definitely would have made that, but you know, it is what it is right now. And, and uh, you leave for greener pastures, kind of like what Alex Okafor did, and getting paid over in Kansas City. And you know, you wish them well, and uh, you know, hope that they live up to what they're getting paid for. Here's what I look at, John. I was looking at Mark Ingram's touches down the stretch of last season. Uh, in the Tampa Bay game, 13 carries, one catch, so that's 14 touches. Carolina, 12 and two, that's 14. Um, even in the playoffs, the Philly game, nine carries, two catches, and then the Rams game, nine carries, two catches. That's 11 touches. I can't give a guy six, seven million a year who's only getting 11 touches on offense. I mean, what, what does that break down to? Like 30% of offensive touches in, in each game down the stretch? I mean, that just seems like th- that's not spending money wisely. Then you look at a Nick Easton that you're paying six million a year who's going to play 100% of the snaps on offense. I just can't. I I couldn't in my mind invest that kind of money in a guy who's not going to you know even get. Some people say fifty percent of the snaps on offense, but you really look at it, and Ingram wasn't even getting fifty percent down the stretch. Yeah, I mean it's just kind of how the landscape changed. You know, Ingram was a good change of pace. He was a hard runner. I mean, he sparked everybody, the crowd, everybody. Just kind of one of those things where it's, when he touched the ball and he had his hands, he just knew some big things could happen, and you know, just it, it, just how it changes up and. uh I think with the way the Saints operate and such, not that they can just plug anybody because they're definitely going to miss him. But you know, I think Tavis Murray, he hasn't, in his defense, he hasn't played with really an elite quarterback. He hasn't really played with a, a good offensive line or a great offensive line. So I think that bodes well for him. And um, you know, I, I'm 
think everybody should give him a chance. And, you know, I think some of his blocking can actually uh, stack up and be a little bit, you know, maybe better and superior to what Ingram gives you. But, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it all pieces together. I don't think this means the Saints are done. I think they could still obviously look at the uh, running back in the draft and perhaps, you know, get somebody else on the team too. Talking with uh, John Hendricks, Canal Street Chronicles. What about the two defensive line additions? We know Okafor is out. We'll see what happens with Tyler Davison. Uh, David Onyemata, we'll see, you know, maybe a suspension coming for him. Uh, jury's still out on that one. Taylor Stallworth was a nice, good find, um, you know, really came on there in the absence down the stretch last season. But, uh, and then, you know, Sheldon Rankins, you know, you're going to be without for at least a handful of months. Uh, Malcolm Brown and Mario Edwards, what'd you make about those signings? Yeah, I think the uh, the Brown addition is, is a sign, an indication more that, you know, maybe Davison's not going to be back. And from everything I had heard, that he was going to test the market anyway. So it's, it's, and see where he's worth. So it's not saying they can't bring him back, but, you know, I think Brown is obviously playing at the Patriots and such. He's a, a key piece, a good run defender, maybe gets you a little bit of pass rush. And, you know, he's more of a one tech guy. So he kind of makes up for the, the Davison loss, if you will. And, you know, Edwards is a guy who's, kind of a hybrid, right? And he can do defensive end, he can do interior line. And, you know, the Saints with, with Ryan Nielsen running that, that line, they found success. And, you know, we forget about Taylor Stallworth, a guy who kind of came into his own and, and played really well after being undrafted. So, you know, I, I don't think the drop-off is going to be crazy, you know, or early, you know, who was ranked expected to go to start the season on pup, but, you know, I, I think these are good quality signings, and, and you hope it gives you some extra push and, and some areas you need. Obviously, it's not a lock of guarantee, but, um, you know, I think that everybody should feel good about them bolstering that interior. I think we were all kind of taken aback and surprised when Max Unger announced uh, over the weekend that he was going to retire. Because I think most people, you know, you knew he was kind of getting near the end of his career, but I think most people kind of thought, all right, well, he's got one more year left in his deal. Maybe he'll be gone after this. Uh, the signing of Nick Easton is an interesting one because he's a guy who's played guard and center. And so now I think it kind of gives the Saints some flexibility, right? With Andrus Pete on the last year of his deal, if Cameron Tom or Will Clapp could step up and maybe, you know, maybe Cameron Tom can play that center spot. Maybe that gives you a little little flexibility to to move Nick Easton to play a little bit of guard and have a little insurance in case you know Andrus Pete does indeed walk in, in free agency next year. But what did you make of the Nick Easton signing? Yeah, from everything I saw and what I was here I was told, it looks like he's going to be the favorite kind of to play center for this team. And you know, I think that's that's probably a good move. And you know, the biggest thing is obviously the injury concern. But um, you know, look, either way, if if obviously Tom's going to get some looks at center. I mean, they're going to work that into him. Uh, so, either way, you look. I think what my concern on the offensive line is, is who's that reserve tackle? Because you know, Ramchek is obviously staple. Armstead is, is tops when he's healthy, and you know they got to have somebody, a third guy, that swing tackle. So whoever that's really going to come in and kind of be a, a solid, you know, what Jamon Bushrod was to the team last year. But as far as the interior, I think Tom's going to get some looks. Claps. Hopefully makes a big, big leap. You got Wozniak that you got on reserve future deal. So, you know, with the offensive line, I feel good about it. Obviously, losing under is a huge loss, but at the same time, there's some admiration for guys like, look, I just don't think I can play the level I need to and uh, kind of knows when to step away. So, big loss, big hurt there uh, because he was a good leader inside that locker room. But it's a premier opportunity for, you know, somebody to come in and take the reins, so to speak. So, 
you just hope it, it works out and you don't see too much drop-off because that a, uh, offensive line is crucial to making Drew last and play till he's 50. <laughs> talking with uh, John Hendricks here, talking some Saints. Uh, no offense to guys like Josh Hill and Dan Arnold, um, you know, but but barring a huge leap in either of those guys' progression, you know, Dan Arnold comes out in training camp and starts catching everything. Obviously, I think most people are a little hesitant about the tight end spot, and it's been a topic of contention for for several years. They tr- they took a shot on the Kobe Flaner. it didn't work out. You brought back Ben Watson, who you know helped alleviate some of your issues there, but only on a one year deal. Uh, we know the Saints brought in uh, Jared Cook for a visit, but it's been all quiet on the Western Front after that visit. Uh, how how desperate do you think the Saints are for a tight end right now? You know, I don't know if you say desperation is thing because the thing is, I mean, Cook is what he's about to be thirty two, so I think the uh, the contract, the sweet spot of where you pay a guy like that is something you got to look at to um, because obviously it might be one of the last deals of this, but you know, Watson plays late, weight, so maybe not, uh, but. Look, I think he would be a good threat for this offense. And when you look at the tight end as a need, I mean, Josh Hill, I think, you know, there's no need to disrespect him and overlook what he does. I think he does a great job. I've kind of said that, you know, since Graham's left, that, you know, the focus and emphasis more for Peyton's offense when you're a tight end is to be a blocking guy first and then catch second. And, you know, I think James got spoiled with Graham being that vertical threat guy who could just practically be a wide receiver for you. So, but I think there's definitely some need there because when you look past Hill, um, Dan Arnold, you know, it might come off as the guy who's who dropped the crucial touchdowns or, you know, that's just kind of where you're looking and Garrett Griffin might give you something. But, you know, it's, it's definitely a need for the Saints. So whether they can lock up a veteran like Cook, which would probably be the best-case scenario, or, you know, have to turn to the draft, that might be a little bit of a, a struggle. But either way, it's definitely an area they have got to get better at. Last thing for you, John. The, uh, the the signing of Teddy Bridgewater I found very interesting because, look, we know Miami was flirting with him. There was talk that he was going to stay in New Orleans, and then Miami wanted him, and Miami has no quarterback. I mean, Ryan Tannehill's gone. They, they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick, but uh, honestly, if Teddy Bridgewater's goal was to become a starter next year in the NFL, his best bet would have been to go to Miami. I don't care what they were paying him. For him to stay in New Orleans and only sign a one-year deal is very interesting to me. It's a seven and a half million dollar deal. It's a lot of money for a guy who, you know, if all goes right, is just going to be a backup sitting on the bench and doing the the motorcycle celebrations. But uh, explain to me the thought process here. Is, is have there been conversations with him and the Saints that hey, we see as a long-term solution here, sign a one-year deal. If Drew Brees retires, then we can work out a long-term deal with you next offseason. Is that maybe the thinking with him? Yeah, and you know, I mean, Sean Payton loves Teddy Bridgewater, and, and I think that's that's something that, you know, fans could be happy about, just the, the you know, relishing that fact. And, look, I don't think it means that Taysom Hill is somebody that you just automatically rule out to, but at the same time, I think, you know, this is a good, honest try for Ted, Teddy to stay in the long-term picture. And, you know, look, his, his camp kind of got hurt because you got the, the Broncos making a place for Flacco and then, you got the Redskins uh, getting Keenum, you know, and, and I, honestly, I think Bridgewater is much better solution for both of those teams. But you know, look, uh, that's not how it worked out. And Miami, they were kind of in dire straits because they thought they were going to get Tyrod Taylor. Didn't work out. Now it's stuck with Ryan Fitzpatrick. So look, I, I think it's a good good deal for both parties involved, and it's a chance to say, hey, look, 
you know, if Drew decides he wants to come back for another year or two years or whatever the case may be, and uh, still gives you a chance to say, let's let's test some free ADP. Because, uh, you know, premier guys, I think Russell Wilson, who comes to mind, is supposed to get free agency next year, but I don't know if he also let that happen. But um, it still gives him a chance to say if all these quarterback situations don't pan out, you know, there's still options, more options on the table that can present themselves to you when it comes down to uh, 2020. Hmm. I, I thought it was interesting. I saw you retweeted it. Apparently the Saints have had potential trade talks with the Dolphins about Robert Quinn, so maybe they're not done yet. Finding some pass rush help. The problem is, you know, all this talk about adding extra pass rushers. I'm going, well, uh, what's the deal with Marcus Davenport? Isn't what this what you traded? Uh, you know, another first round pick to trade up to go get uh, a guy like that. I mean, and look, all signs point to Davenport being back healthy this year and taking that huge leap from year one to year two and becoming an impact player. But just find it interesting the Saints' uh, name still popping up on a potential defensive end there. Yeah, I mean, look, I think they actually are. Um, I mean, it's just part of the rotation because you still got Hendricks in there, Davenport, obviously. I, I think it's more of a they need that guy like to fill Okafor's absence, a veteran guy who can kind of come in there and be a role player for this team. Because, you know, look, they still use sometimes they'll kick Cam Jordan inside and they'll run extra five on the defensive line and five best, you know, with Davenport. Uh, you have Jordan in there, Okafor, and then you run Rankin. So, you know, I think that's the thing that they want to achieve, and Quinn could be a guy that comes in. Obviously, the Dolphins saying, hey, we'll take some of the salary cap hit you know, just to kind of help move them. I think it's interesting that things are just even paired to them. But, you know, look, I think it's it's valid. I think that they want to have a veteran pass rusher. They've had them over the years, like a George Johnson. Uh, you know, I remember other guys off on that are jumping off the screen at me. But they, they look at that veteran guy that they could come in, kind of like what Julius Peppers did for the, the Panthers and Packers and stuff. So wouldn't surprise me if they make some moves or try to figure somebody out. Um, but, you know, this is a part of the year where uh, a lot of players find new scenery, and, you know, sometimes that helps them out and helps them along the way. So we can only hope that, that something gets done and the Saints aren't saying, oh, man, we really have to reach in this draft or try to develop somebody else, you know. <laughs> He is John Hendricks. Uh, Canal Street Chronicles is the website. Uh, you guys do a great job there, man, keeping up to date with all the latest news and rumblings and rumors and everything else. Uh, what you got going up on uh, on the website this week? Oh, uh, just kind of looking more like some free agency, you know, work and just kind of seeing how they fit. And you know, my guys are doing some good film studies, so definitely check those out. But uh, you know, a little bit of this and that, and we'll see what happens with some of this news. <laughs> Great stuff, John. Let's do it again soon, man. All right, bud. Thanks. Appreciate you having me. All right. Thanks a lot. John Hendricks there of uh, Canal Street Chronicles, of course, Saints uh, contributor for Forbes Sports, WDSU. You can find him on Twitter, at John J. Hendricks. Really good stuff there with him talking all the moves. Look, I'm, I was catching up while I'm in London following on Twitter going, wait, Max Unger's retiring? What's going on here? Um, the, yeah, a lot of moves the Saints have made here in the last week, and I think all good ones for the most part. I, you know, the details on the hit and miss between Ingram and Latavius Murray are going to leave some fans questioning the move. But of course, if Murray comes in and performs well. I think all those will kind of go by the wayside. It's Chris Gordy show. Take a quick break here. Come back. Wrap up hour number one. Stay there. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.